listening to the Live, Live, Play podcast. Hey guys, welcome to the Live, Live, Play podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Kinsler, and uh, it is the new year, and I have a very good friend, not let's say best friend, very good friend. <laughs> so the way I do things twice, this second time recording this, uh, <laughs> but I do the same stuff every time. Um, so uh, Thomas Keating is with me, he's over from England, uh, he's a former Irish native, now full on supports the Queen and a big Boris Johnson fan. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah loves what he's doing, as in he's doing nothing. So he loves the fact that he can still do whatever he wants. Um, but yeah, so Thomas is a, a very good friend of mine. I've known him for geez, most of my life. And today we're going to discuss just kind of the different roads we've taken uh, that would go a little bit against the norm of what most people would do and it's not that what we're doing is better or worse it's just it's a different mindset and it's a different kind of where i think it was a the term safety and security versus risk and reward come into play a little bit and we had a good conversation the other night about it and i was like yeah i know we should put this on a podcast so um starting off like i think thomas was uh Firstly, Thomas, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Uh, firstly, like when we were in school together, you were the the fitness guy. You were into every sport. You played every sport. Yeah. Um, and then you, when you left school, people assumed I was going to do one thing, um, which very few people still find it hard to believe I wanted to be a history teacher. Um, <laughs> Even my guidance counselor, who advised me not to, because I wasn't pretty much in a roundabout way, wasn't intelligent enough to be a history teacher. Rather than saying, "Hey, if you worked hard and did an extra year, you could probably get there," it goes, yeah. "Nah, you, you like sports, do fitness." <clears throat> okay, two of them are not the same, by the way. Uh, but I did look where I am today, and uh, Thomas was the same. Thomas was all about sports, sports captain, all that. Were you a sports captain? Yes. Yes, sports yeah. captain. Um, and. Yeah, then Thomas went down a different route, a different road, and I'll let Thomas kind of tell a little bit about that. Well, yeah, so it's like you said, there was almost a, a map laid out for us uh, early on in school uh, because of what we did and sports levels that we went to and the, the things that we kind of competed in, such as athletics, uh, Gaelic football, football, basketball, no matter what it was, we kind of threw our hat at it, um, probably me a little bit more than anyone in the school that would have thought at the time. And then there was this roadmap just laid out for me without mm. me even knowing it. Um, and albeit I didn't really want a career in sport, I just liked playing it and doing it. And, uh, and fitness never kind of dawned on me. But again, guidance counselor sat down, fifth year, sixth year, this is the route you need to take. Uh, you probably don't have the grades to get to there, there and there. And again, it wasn't really a supportive structure mm. at our school. Um, great school, but again, that level of support I don't think was there back then. Uh, parents didn't pressure me to do an awful lot either, but uh, they just wanted me to be happy in, in the route I, it, the route I took. And then it just so happened that when we did a couple of plays and the, the musicals at school, yeah. um, I found that I enjoyed that. And then someone came to the school and had a chat about it. And the rest was history. Cause it, it was only because the guidance counsellor put a form in for me for selling other yeah. well, And that annoyed me. Uh, because he he was trying to plan my future for me and I didn't really know what I wanted to do and because I had this passion to get on stage and do a few things which was 
within our group of friends, mm. within our, even in my family, wasn't, as you said, the norm. And people were like, well, how are you going to make a career out of that? How are you going to do that? That's too risky. You can't yeah. do that because you need a steady job. You need to look after a family or get a house. And I didn't want any of that. Yeah. So um, for me, it was then, I'm going to try and see how this goes for the three years of college. And then see what goes after that. And then just kind of the rest was a little bit of history, really. And like, I think a lot of people can kind of get that from Thomas and understand it is that like, you're kind of pigeonholed to do things, even if you're good at them. Yeah. And that sounds about right. Yeah. If you're good at something, you should want to pursue it, but maybe you're not good at something and you want to pursue that, but you want to put the work in and see what happens. And it's something that you like, you can be good at something and not enjoy it. And you could be bad at something or new to something and really love it. Yeah. And you just haven't been given the outlet in life to immerse yourself in it or go into it. And I think the thing about like when you're in school and you're told you need to do this or you need to, you need to, you're, well, you're good at this. You should be here. Um, I, I, and then it's a, the security aspect. Oh well, you're good at this, and you'll get a job here, and yeah. then you'll 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 find a woman or a man or whatever you're you're into, <laughs> and um, you find and you'll settle down, you'll get a house, and you'll have some kids, and you'll be married, and do all that stuff. And yeah. and as as much as all that is pretty much most people security for I know for me and for you is not the be all and end all and. I don't like, and you were the same. You 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 agreed with me on this. Um, is it we don't like putting our faith and our kind of my life in someone else's hands. As yeah. in, if I work for a bank or if I work, and again, there's nothing wrong. We're not we're not saying that there's anything wrong with it. But for me personally, I know for Thomas, is that we wanted to see what we could do, what we could create. And I want to be in control of what's happening in my life. So if stuff's gone wrong, it's my issue. I have to fix it. No one else can come in and save me. I have to fix it. I have to figure it out and fix it. It's the way I've kind of operated. And yes, I've had help building a business and building the company. Um, but I've learned and learned and learned. I don't want to... The thought for me is just getting a job that's a nine to five. I'm a, like just a standard is... And then not progressing, just doing that rudimentary work for the rest of your life or till you retire. It's not appealing to me. Now, I know, again, for some people, it's a cool, it's what they want and they're happy. Yeah. And once you're happy, that's cool. But for me, and I know for you, it's not what we wanted. So we went different roads and different avenues. Uh, and your, yours took you even out of the country. Yeah, well, that was it. Like, so spent three years in. Bray College doing performing arts, acting, and theatre. No, just for people that don't know, Bray is in Ireland. It's not outside of Ireland. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> across in the border, uh, from from Ballybrack into Wicklow. Um, and it was again, it was the best thing I ever did because it, even though I was quite confident in myself in other areas, um, there was people I was coming up against that were phenomenal actors, phenomenal at various different things within theatre, whether it be set design, lighting musicality side of stuff and it took me out of a comfort zone that I'd never known before uh, and what I enjoyed about that then and what I found out about more about myself was being that whole cliche saying of being comfortable with being uncomfortable 
I never knew that until I got there. Mm. And that then set me up for more stuff later on in life. But what obviously the theatre side of things done for me was enable me to, as I said, move out of home, but not just move out of home, move out of the country. So my first living away from my mum and dad's house was uh, moving to England. And how old are you then? Just turned 21. And most people now are like, I, even in you know, fact, like most people back then, I know people are saying about now, but most people back then were still living at home into towards their thirties. Yeah. Yes. And you got up and just went completely out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. I went over there and stayed with my brother for a few weeks in, in Wales. So I was traveling back and forth to London and uh, lucky enough to get, and I say lucky actually, luck has a small part to do with it. I work my backside off yeah. to, mean to get there. Um, and I remember a teacher telling me before when I said said that word I was lucky to get across today. I went to audition after audition after audition. Yeah. So the, the work was put in as well. Um, but there is an element to uh, obviously that little bit of luck in right right place and all that. But um, and the idea was to go over for a few months, see how it went, and I'm coming up to over eighteen years now. Yeah. Uh, over there with various different pathways that have gone and gone on, but uh, yeah, took me out of the country again. Was wasn't the route I was supposed to take and. Just because of a of a little kind of a, a chat with a that didn't go the right way with a guidance counselor, mm. so to speak, I had some of the best times in my life. Yeah, and I like, and this is something that I I think is that a conversation with someone can deter you from achieving a goal or put you off, if especially if you're a younger person, because you're easily influenced by other people who have experience, and like. You're, you're stubborn, bullheaded, a mule to the best part, as in you don't like being told what to do. Yeah. I'm quite similar. Um, I'm a kind of, I'll prove you wrong because you said I couldn't do it kind of person. Yeah. And that has a really good place, I think, if you're driven to go and achieve or, or try and risk. And like I said earlier, if you're willing to, like, I'm willing to burn the boat. I'm willing to risk everything to see what happens. And I've done that multiple times in my life. I've done that with my business. Uh, and it was because I had to. I had no security net to fall back on. And I believe that if I had a security net, I probably wouldn't have done some of the things that allow me to be here today because I had a security net. And you would have played it safer. A would have, safer yeah. route than you would have done to, to what you do now. Because the risk didn't have to work, didn't yeah. have to pan out. And I'll give you an example is when we we got we were moving out of our building, uh we were getting kicked out of our building, uh given three months, landlord has been like after we kind of well, we 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 shook on another <laughs> deal and then he came back and goes, I'm selling. So uh always sign the paper before you shake your hands with someone is a lesson there but one of the things was there was a point i'm thinking about there's about two weeks where i was like right it's over fsm is yeah. done i'm gonna just and I, I spoke to you and and we couldn't find a venue and i was like we would have had to take we had to take a loan out to get the the new the new venue up and running because it was a meat factory and we had to literally we spent a lot of money to make a building a warehouse where most people go into a warehouse spend a lot of money to, to make, make it a gym so we did we, we were again a step behind and it was one of those things like well what are you going to do you're going to go work for someone you're going to go back to a normal gym global gym and become a duty manager manager again and run a facility which you hated but there's security in it or are you going to make it work so 
the fact it's two years now we've definitely made it work and the company like we're doing stronger than we've ever done we're we're in a bigger position but it was risk risk every time are you willing to risk you're willing to take sign with the bank you're willing to take the 10-year lease you're willing to do all those things to make yourself uh you're willing to risk to get to where you want to be and for me it's always been yes Mm. and even with kids now like i still obviously a little bit more reserved but i'm still willing to risk because i can see like and we've said this loads of i have no problem ever having to clean toilets work in a mcdonald's or a fast food restaurant not again there's i don't feel there's anything wrong there but i will always have a job and i will always support my family uh no matter what because that's what you should do like yeah 100% agree and the thing with that as well we've said since having kids now um as well the the outlook hasn't changed you know what i mean the outlook of of taking a risk or taking a chance hasn't changed because I, I, I want to pass it on to my kids. I want to say, no, go for it. Go for it and do it. If you want to do that, if you want to get out and you want to be, obviously now they're all doing the YouTuber and stuff. So if you yeah. want to go out and be a YouTuber, be a YouTuber, see what happens. And you, that, that's it's a, that's a, it's a thing now. It's a realistic career. Yeah. If you want to go out and you want to work in a bank, mm. what means go work in a bank. If you want to be an accountant, you want to be in fitness, you want to be in theater. Like my, my son's four years old and he goes, mm. I want to be a train fixer. Yeah. Go and be a train fixer. Don't care. Do you know I mean do what you want? Take the chance. If it falls on a tars, it falls on a tars. Yeah. You've tried it. Now, again, like you just said, then you hit the nail on the head. When you have kids, you have to be just that little bit more mindful yeah. of the risks you take. Uh, you have to be a bit more calculated. And as you get older, you have a better head on your shoulders to make those risks and know yeah. actually that is a risk, but it's a risk I know I can do something with. Yeah. It's not a risk that I'm throwing too many eggs in the basket just yet. Do you know I mean I'm keeping one or two behind and you go and do it, but it's mm. still a risk to whether it's your, your livelihood, whether it's to your business, whether you're going to go and work for your own, your case, FSM. Because mm. I remember that conversation we had, like it was yesterday. Yeah. And I remember seeing the video that you put out just before, like, do you mean that you weren't going to put out before where you were near enough? At, oh, yeah, that was a few years prior. Yeah, yeah when we were what, what, what about are to close, we going yeah. to do? And there was a lot of our, our friends, your family, do you mean, going, is do you need to move back into doing something a bit more safer? Yeah, I, I had, I had, I, I was told, when are you going to give up this gym thing? Yeah. Um, it's not working. And it was, that was, that, that hurt, I'll be honest, that hurt because it just shows that people didn't have faith in you. And it, it, then the more I think about it, it's not that people didn't have faith. On some level, people were kind of happy yeah, that you risking didn't work because if you risk and it works, and they wanted to risk but yeah. didn't have the belief to do it, there, that's a that's a thing at them. It's not about you, and yeah, I had that, and I had those conversations with many people that would be friends, family, mm. that were not, they were supportive but not supportive because of the way they spoke to me, as in, oh, you need to kind of like you might need to shut down or, yeah. like it was very few people and thomas is probably one of the very few i could count on one hand that were like you gotta work harder you gotta you, you, if you want it you go do it you'll make it work and yeah and it's the same for you like you had some rough times where we had those conversations back and i was like 
listen, it's, if, if that's what you want to do, this is how, like, how are you going to go about doing it? And yeah. it was always a back and forth between me and Thomas. Um, because there was generally, if you go, hey, if you got a few minutes, there's yeah. something up with you. And if I say, hey, if you got a few minutes, yeah. there's something up with me. And we want to run something past. And Thomas has said to me, like, no, I don't know if that's a good idea. And, and I back at you. And uh, But if it's something that you want to do, then this is yeah. this is the like you got to be willing to accept the outcome and the sacrifice that comes with it and like i said to you like you said there like as you're older you have to make smarter decisions so if you are my age 39 still um don't look a day over 21 mate. don't look a day over 21 uh but um if you're my age and you're like hey i've always wanted to risk something but i never did and you have a job and you have a family and you're like, I can't do it because I have a family. Well, what are you doing when you finish work? What are you doing when the kids go to bed? Stay up later, like stay up the extra four hours and put in the work and the time and the study to become something that you really want to do rather than just accepting something that makes you miserable. If it's making you miserable, obviously that's the thing. Um, but And that's a lot of hard work. But here's the thing. None of this was easy. Like no, like going to audition and like getting an audition or not getting an audition. I'm sure that wasn't easy. No, uh, no. And then like switching roles, like literally switching industries, wasn't yeah. easy yeah. to step into. That was yeah, it's a mental. So when I, I was a bit of a cliche actor as well. So I had your part time job in retail um, and a part time job as a waiter. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And I was going to auditions. Uh, and when when I was working in London. Um, it was three years in London and you were auditioning pretty much every day, two or three auditions near enough a day sometimes. Mm. So your thick skin becomes quite, do you know what I mean, uh, thick, obviously, but uh, because you just go, well, I've got another audition. I've got another audition. Yeah. But as, as you kind of moved away from, kind of, I moved away from London and I got a part-time job in sales um, and that was the industry I then got into. Yeah. You know what I mean, because I just utilised sales as, as an exercise for uh, acting because I could be different people. That's who's... Mm. Uh, and I liked talking to people, and it was just from that, and I worked at a phone shop part-time, and I was still doing the acting stuff, and then I came to, came to a thing one time, and I just said, I had to I hit the nail on the head with the acting professionally, and just kind of walked away from it. That wasn't easy to do, um, but it was, I could see a career and a future then within sales, yeah. and I did take a little bit of the safe choice there, um, because that was the that was the mindset at the time, and... Um, but yeah, it was trying to change the whole career, working my way through that industry for 12 years, doing doing quite well, actually. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Did very, very well, moved a lot, few, very few companies, got got brought across from one company to another a couple of times because I'd done well in the other companies and uh, and then moved in. And then there was a conversation with you um, after being very heavy, uh, yes. which we didn't go into. So whilst I was in England, I became uh, overweight, uh, no fitness behind me. 14 and a half stone, uh, a five foot four, that's not a look that you need. And uh, had a very honest conversation that we always have with Stephen. Yeah. Um, and got back into training. And I hated my job by this stage as well. I did hate it. Uh, didn't like the industry anymore. And I was only there because it was the safe option at the time. So I'd gone away from a lot of the kind of thought mindsets that I had in the past. And I just kept going on that safe process. And um, once I uh, was with Stephen, I was doing training through FSM and we were doing it online. And when I came over to visit, 
I started losing the weight, started enjoying my fitness again, and then there was a sit-down conversation about me coming into the into the fitness industry. Mm. And again, another huge risk because I was going into a whole new industry that I didn't didn't have a clue about. Shouldn't have even been going near it yeah. at all. Um, and lo and behold, I, I got a phone call one day about a, a gym looking for a manager. And again, took a massive risk from coming away from something I knew and knew very well and could have earned a lot of money from. Took a pay cut, started working in London, uh, and the travel was then eating away at me pay as well then. But it was a happier lifestyle. Yeah. It was better for me. It was better for my family. Uh, I was a better person to be around at times. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, changing those industries again. And I remember speaking to my mum and dad about it and very old kind of fashion. thing at times was like, are you sure that's the right thing to do? Do you know what I mean? Go and do it. But mm. are you sure that's the right thing to do? Why would you move a job this time? Why would you do that? There's a lot of questions that were okay questions asked, but they were very negative-based questions, if yeah. you know what I mean. So, and without them probably trying to be negative, it was all, yeah. oh, should you? Should you? Maybe. Maybe it's, not. It's coming from a, obviously, like, it's a it's a parental Same thing. Place. It's like, I'm, I want to protect. Yeah. It's a parental thing. and it's like I, I mean, when your kids grow up and my kids grow up it'll be the same thing they'll go I, hey, I might want to do this and you're like mm, yeah but you're you sure you, yeah. like it's but at the end of the day it's if it if it's potentially going to make you happier yeah if it's potentially going to give you a lifestyle that you're willing to risk your current lifestyle for then yeah go for it and here's the thing it doesn't always work like yeah. there's been decisions I've made and I'm sure you've done the same decisions I've made where, uh, I lost, I lost bad. I failed mm. miserably. Um, and then I've had to pick myself up and dust myself off and then go find the people that have done something like that before and then help me get to where I want to be. And I think that that's a big thing is that you, people want to be able to, I want to risk, but I, I once I don't fail and you're not risking. Yeah. And I think you have to be able to be willing to lose it and then re like rebuild it. And if you're, if you have the conviction in yourself that you can rebuild and you can overcome that adversity of losing a job or like taking a pay cut to pursue something that could work out. Um, I would say go for it. And then the worst case scenario is you go back to where you were. Uh, you get another job in an industry that you want. Maybe to leave the industry to come back is to, to the industry that you love. Yeah. Like I left the fitness industry years ago uh, because I hated every aspect of it that I knew at the time. And then when I was traveling, that's when I found the industry was not just the normal gym. It was strength and conditioning and it was all sorts of like meeting coaches that were passionate and really invested in developing themselves and developing uh, their clients. And then I was like, wow, this is amazing. So when I came home, I sought out people like that. I started training and educating myself more. And that was the big insight to me was if you're not constantly trying to better yourself, yeah, you're never going to see what's out there. And whether that's reading books or education in your career or your industry, yeah or what like anything if you're not trying to be a better person understand yourself more um deal with shit that you have and that's i think that's like vitally important to growth and to your overall happiness yeah and and forgive me obviously for going but it's a very irish thing not to talk about yourself not to grow yourself it's a very 
for your thing to just kind of dig it deep down and just say, ah, oh, forget about that for a yeah. while and see what happens. Um, now, again, I've been very fortunate to have a friend like yourself that I can open up to and talk to. Again, if I was with a group of mates, mm. probably now a bit more that we're a bit older, you could yeah. talk to them yeah. a lot more. <laughs> you couldn't back uh, then, though. But back back when we were teenagers and early early 20s, you wouldn't have said anything yeah. about it, you know what I mean? Even to come families and that. The asking for help is not a sign of weakness, which a lot of people tend to think it is. And seeking better things for yourself is not also, do you know what I mean? People just think, well, why would you want to do that? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You've got this. Why, why? And a lot of people I knew as well couldn't see why I always want, there was always another goal. Yeah. There's always another thing. So once I finish something, they... What's next? Yeah. That's yeah. when my head's like, what, what's the next step? But why can't you be content with that for that when people just say, because yeah. I'm not content with just being good. I'm content with being yeah. great or better or excellent. Uh, will I ever get to excellence? No, because I'm not sitting, yeah. do you know what I mean? It's that Matthew McConaughey speech where he talks about who's my hero. Mm. I'm my hero five years from now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because I'm never going to get to there because I'm always trying to strive. Yeah, yeah. And you just it's just about getting better. And there's nothing wrong with it. And people don't do enough self um, self work yeah. either. And that's the other thing that needs to happen in these things because if you do a lot of self work and a lot of self understanding, You'll know that failing is not yep. uh, a bad thing. How, how the hell do you learn if you don't fail? Do you know what I mean? If you don't make a mistake, how will you learn as well? Yeah. It's being willing to not make those mistakes six or seven times. You can make them once or twice. Mm. Do you know what I mean? But very rarely should you be doing any more than that. And yeah, you if, you're, need to, if you're doing it too often, then you're, you're not learning. Do you know what I mean? So, and you have to be willing, as you said, to make the sacrifice to try and do something. Yes, as you get older, you need to be more calculated, as we said. But go out there and do something that you want to do. And... For you, and hopefully that's a byproduct of then you getting it for your family, yeah, and then for everyone else around you, and you become a better person. The there's a whole host of things that like I've gone up and down in the last four to five years. Do you mm. know what I mean? When I went into LA Fitness as as a, a global gym as a, as a manager, I was a I was a gym manager, but I was very much a sales manager. Yeah, do you know what I mean? And then Pure Gym took them over, and they're massive, massive budget chain global gym in in the UK. Uh, great company to work for at the start then you become a number you're no different to when you worked at a Tesco or something like that you know what I mean you were just a little pawn in their, in their thing but they know how to run a business mm. do you know what I mean so uh, however didn't see eye to eye with them and all of the way and I had to I had to move myself away from it do you know yeah I mean? and just and, like in, in that though so, sorry for cutting your cross like in that though you as you said, you had a bad experience with that gym, mm. but the learning experience wasn't a bad experience. No. Some of the issues were bad, but the learning that came from it, like, I don't want to work with these type of people anymore. I want to do this. I can take this positive away. And that in every every kind of experience, be it good, bad, or different, there's always a learning curve mm. to have. And like uh, like you say, like if you're not doing self-work, like for me, I have the planner. Now, the last, say six seven months of the planner it's been hit and miss i'm not doing the evening planning the most uh i do the morning ones more and my goal is this year is to commit to getting my evening planner done yeah. and that's just it's pure laziness um but I mean, here's the thing if you're not acknowledging what you're doing on a daily basis weekly basis you're missing out on your wins so when you look back on your week you've had a bad week because you only focus on the negatives yeah it's very rare uh and i'm the same as you like after i did the 50 uh the 50k ultra 
within two three days and that's only been two months ago within two three days i was like oh what's next what about it's over it's past it's gone i don't want to talk about it anymore let's move on even though i've mentioned it probably in every podcast (laughs) so far um but what's next and i think that's um i think that's a different trait like some people want to like live on their accomplishment and that's cool um i personally think that like i need like what kind of what's my next goal where am i going to be this time next year what can i look back on and i think when it comes to i think when it comes to working with people uh along i'm after losing my train of thought and the reason why i lost my train of thought because a coach just popped his head in the window and he's looking for me right now um so we're just going to pause this and um i'll go check what's going on and we're back um so we were talking about kind of obviously uh uh, tom's when you were in different gyms and the different learning experiences you have um and then like again risk reward and taking all that one of the things i want to touch on and you you kind of you you kind of touched around it earlier uh was obviously showing emotion you couldn't really do that when we were younger uh you kind of you'd be a man you shut up stop crying don't be a girl all that kind of stuff and I'm only bringing this up because I'm literally reading a book at the moment. Well, I'm listening to a book at the moment called War Cry or Battle Cry. One of them. Okay. It's one of them. And it's a quite an interesting book. It's about opening up your emotions and to a lot of people that know me personally. But what the hell is he talking about? He's a robot. He's a cyborg. Uh, he doesn't have a heart. Um, I do. Um, I just don't do certain things with it. <laughs> but that thing of... Uh, and this is a question to you, is because now more men talk, and we still need to talk more, more men talk, and they're more open about their, um, like their feelings and how, how things make them feel, and that's kind of would be deemed as non-masculine before. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and the book I'm reading is that it's a very masculine thing to do. But, and... The guy, the author touched on it, I'll get it up now, uh, and Jordan Peterson touched on it, and whether you like him or not, he says some really good stuff. Um, Jason Wilson, Jason Wilson, Battle Cry. Uh, Jason Wilson is, you might have seen him on YouTube or Facebook, Instagram, he teaches young kids, uh, we teach a lot of kids um, uh, through, I think it's um, the cat, I call it, and martial arts, and how to be strong and to open up emotionally to become a stronger human. But he also touched on the fact that what he's seeing is now you can't be like a a, a man's man doesn't, shouldn't exist. You should be very emotional man and very kind of soft and delicate. And he's like, he doesn't agree. He said, you should have that and you should be able to use that when necessary. But again, you should be able to be strong for your family, for your um, morals, for uh, your convictions. And Jordan Peterson's the same. He said a, a strong man, a, a real man is a dangerous man who can control it. And he doesn't mean dangerous as in like as in he's physically dangerous. What dangerous is in he can, he, he's like the, he would be the, the typical, what the hero and the story yeah. kind of man. Uh, but, that man also has fear, also has emotion, but yeah. he can overcome them when needed. Yeah. He doesn't completely shut them off. But do you think that the way it's going probably for air kids eventually when they're older, that 
and it's called uh, it's getting rid of being a man what would be the what we grew up with do you think that that's a necessity or is that just an aspect that is going to be lost i think it's definitely going in a way that it could be lost being a man's man there's a time and a place to be what they define as a man like back when we were growing up and doing that whole man up term mm. do you know what i mean um like i have no problem saying this next uh, thing about myself like i've always worn my heart my sleeve whether it be playing football where it be f- falling in love whether it be do you know what i mean going out there and just like I'd, I'd be very different to you <laughs> um, and wouldn't be afraid to show emotion in, in, in the sense of crying. I'm not afraid. No, um, but I've never seen Steve cry and I don't think he ever has. Uh, but I have, I have, but excuse me, I have cried. I've just never seen it. That's all. Yeah. Um, I remember the last time I did it. Um, it's just something that doesn't. It's not for everyone, and it doesn't happen with everyone. But it, there's a different way to feel sadness than crying as well. Yes, I mean so. Um, yes. And crying doesn't automatically mean sadness. Yeah, it also means happiness. Yeah, or so. well, you, you're like, I was like, oh, did you cry when your baby's born? As well, I didn't. I was elated when my baby was yeah. born. I know people that did. I don't slag them for it. I don't yeah. slag anyone for getting upset over things. No, but that's your like who you are. Yeah, definitely. But there's definitely a time and place to be, as you said. And I'll agree with that to the point where you need to be strong in some elements of what the typical, stereotypical man view would yeah. be. Because as you said, being a protector of your family, of your kids, of your wife, of your girlfriend, partner, whatever it, it may be. And your house, do you know what I mean? Your money, all that kind of stuff. You have to have that element. Uh, and I still think that needs to be taught to men and women. Yeah. Not, uh, and to everyone, really. But there's definitely a time and place to obviously as well to, to show emotion to talk about stuff to it it needs to be more well-rounded and i do think it will get lost because i do think there's a society at the moment and it's going to be i don't think it'll be controversial controversial but, yeah, i don't like using that word if i get cancelled thomas keep <laughs> but it will be to the point it's going to get lost where we have a a group of people that only talk about feelings and never talk about the other stuff and never mm. learn about how how being strong can be, and that's whether it's being a strong person. I'm putting that as a person rather than just a man, man, woman, do you know what yeah. I mean? All that kind of has to be. So that needs to be at the forefront because my mother is a strong woman, yeah, do you yeah, know yeah. what I mean? Your mum is, do you know what I mean? Lots of lots of the mums in the back would have been, do you know what I mean? But um, but they are strong, strong women in very different ways, do you know what I mean? Like my mum went out and worked 60 hour a week sometimes, mm. like saying my dad, do you know what I mean? They had to interchange, they did what they had to do, and that's that's the way they raised us and they raised us well, but. Yeah. It's it is gonna get lost a little bit if it keeps going in the, in the yeah. factory of it's going in. But I just think it needs to be. I mean, well, you can't. It's you can be this as well. But you also need to be this also. Yeah. You need to be, and you have to have a much rounder package than you ever did before. Yeah. Because, and uh, the way the world is, you have to talk. Because the, and I don't want to go into this in too much detail, but the, the suicide rate in say males is, is it's astronomical. Huge. It's huge. It's stupid because again, that term man up. Get it. You need to. You need yeah. to be hard. You need to be tough. Just get thrown too hard, and you're gonna go. What am I supposed to do? I need yeah. to talk to him. Well, I, I like. So this is again. This is where we differ, and people that know me and know my coaching style and how I look at things is. I think that the word "man up" has been abused to get a, a get a, a point across. Yeah. Sometimes 
you need to man up or woman up to get a job done, to get something yeah. done. And like Thomas, like you said, it's yeah, that's cool. Um, sometimes you have to have you, but you those traits are there yeah. for a positive thing. They're they can be abused, but also emotionally and um, uh, other emotions can be abused to get things you want like and we've heard of these things before and i'm not just pigeonholing but like women can use their emotion to get something from a man by yeah they're crying or manipulation and all the kids do it all the time because mm-hmm. that's kids only know one way to get stuff is to cry yeah. or baby sorry because they don't understand that they can do it well they can't do it another way um, but I do think, and one of the one of the best sayings I've heard, and I only heard this last year, I'm sure I heard it before, was hard times create strong men, people. Let's say people. Or I'll start it again. Hard times create strong people. Yeah. Strong people create easy times. Easy times create weak people. Weak people create hard times. It's a vicious cycle. Yeah. And we're going through that weak time i think for humans uh, for our society for how we conduct and then it will be that will require hard women and hard men to come back into the fold to fix the wrongs that happened and there's you're showing like like oh well, there should be an equal uh, a balance and an, an equilibrium about it and there should be well there won't be yeah so what's your what's your sort of what's the answer for you when we're in those weak times and we have people that can't function or do things for themselves. Well, my job as a, a, a dad is to teach my kids the understand like hard work to teach them what money is mm-hmm. and how to look after money and to teach them to want something to go, go bloody get it themselves. Yeah. I'm not going to hand out anything to my children. I'm going to teach them. And then, I'm going to have tough years with them because, oh, well, well, such and such as dad down the road does this. I said, well, I don't care. I'm not their parent. But what I'm teaching you is life lessons. And what I'm, my goal is, is that when I die 61 years from now, be 100, um, you will be self-sufficient. And, and you won't it. need yeah. money from me. And you won't need a handout because you know you'll know how to do things and that's the main thing that's it it's always it's always that time like it, like Shaq made that, that funny comment of like when his kid turned around and said well, oh but we're rich yeah. like, no 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 yeah. I, I'm rich I worked hard for that money yeah you, you're do you know what I mean yeah you're, you're my child I will look after you to what I need to look after you and I think that's great to a point because I, I work hard for it do you mm. know what I mean I will yes give you the things you need to, to be obviously relied in, yeah. in, in, the, in the day-to-day world. And but if you want more, you've got to earn it. Yeah. And you give, like, obviously, I give my kids a little bit more than what I, like, I, I, I don't yeah. raise my kids the way, they, well, when I grew up, the, the things I didn't have, my kids get a little bit more. And that's not a bad thing. It's not a good, but for example, I'll tell you now, like this, the 3rd of January, uh, this will go out in a couple of weeks, but on the 3rd of January, the first thing my son did this morning is he got up and looked at his chart and it has a chart now yeah and he has six items on the chart the first thing is make your bed second thing is yeah. is your if it's well he is not in school but is your uniform on before you do anything else so it's make your bed uniform on yeah and then he has to go through another like just some like he has to take out the the, the rubbish he has to take out uh he's to empty the dishwasher when it needs to be done yeah he's six chores to do per week and if he does all of them he will earn 
his uh, Nintendo Switch game Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If he doesn't, he won't. The other thing, the big thing that I put in is that every evening, instead of watching TV before bed, which is something we fell into because it was easy, yeah. especially for putting our, like Riley down, was now at, because Riley goes down between half six and seven, if the, the gods are happy with us <laughs> that day. Um, and and then it'll be from, Jody goes to bed at half seven. So from seven to half seven, we're going to read every night, whether I want to or not. Yeah. But I want him to understand that reading is good. And it, it's they're little things that he needs to understand. And I think, and I, I we do stuff like this with our kids and our teens in, in, in the classes, is that you have to, long-term gratification, understanding that when you're 20 and reading books is nothing to you. Yeah. Uh, where I was 20, to taught a reading book was horrendous. Yeah. I didn't want to. And it, but it wasn't made fun enough for me. It wasn't made enjoyable enough yeah. for me. Now, my brother and sister read. They loved reading. I never got it. And some I know some people don't get, but it could have been done a different way. Now, unfortunately, like my parents didn't know how to do it yeah. to make me really love books. But I love books now. Um, so what is, what is, how, how do you do that? So that's what we're doing. And that is something that we have to stick to Monday to Friday. Yeah. We're reading books Saturday. We probably watch a movie and then Sunday, I don't know what we're going to do yet, but it's Monday to Friday. So it's routine mm. and kids need it and they learn from it. And I think it's very, very important. And like yesterday on, on new year's day, we brought Jody up to, t uh, to one of the highest parts of Glendlock. Yeah. And he struggled, like he was tired, yeah. but he's going to do more of it. He's going to do more of it. And I, I am adamant about putting him outside his comfort zone so many times. So when something does happen to him, he will be able to. He should be able to relay back to it and go. Yeah, I've done worse. I've, I've done harder. harder. Yeah. yeah, And I think that's hugely important, especially if you're a parent. Oh, uh, massively, massively. Because like, again, we always try and just go. Well, always look back to what your, your your parents did with yourself. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And you'll always go right, and you'll always really say, "I'm never going to do that." I'm yeah. Gonna... Let's face it, we've all done the exact same as our parents a few times there and there. Do yeah. you know what I mean? But again, like you're saying, I I give me kids. Uh, like we we give our kids like it's I mean more than we probably would have got as well. It's, yeah. it's an understandable thing. Uh, but again, the reading thing, something again we do as well with them. Um, something that their their mum is always introducing on mm. an evening side of things. Layla now reads to Thomas mm. of That's an evening, cool. do you know what I mean? Which yeah, is pretty cool. cool. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice she's there doing it and he's now starting to learn to read. So she's now like a teacher at times yeah, yeah, and she's going, what's this word? And he's then doing it and it's it's really, really cool. So, um, and again, it's, it's I would be would have been like you. I would have read right away through school and been very, very happy with it. But uh late teens um mm. early 20s no interest yeah back into it. I'm more of an audiobook person now because i, I just can't yeah. sit as long as, as i used to i would listen to more audiobooks now i do one of my goals this year is well it was actually to read every book that i've been given that i haven't read yet uh which is when i broke it down and did the maths it's not possible because <laughs> uh, i'm a slow reader i don't read fast mm. so my goal is to read two books a month Oof, that's a tough one. That's a tough one. Uh, I probably will be. I have a number, obviously, two books a month, 12, 24 books in the year. The goal is to read 24 books. I'm not allowed to use audiobooks as a book because okay. I listen to a lot. Of, I'll, I'll listen to a bunch of audiobooks when I run and when I'm in the office, so it's easier. Yeah. So, no, that's cool. 
But now we're getting like we with everything with the kind of kids of like gentlemen, you know I mean? we have gotta go and just do our best. That's all it is. All I'm doing is every day doing the best I yeah. can. And you go out there and you again you're trying to teach them the lessons that one you were you were taught as well. Yeah. And add on top of them with the lessons that are out there nowadays. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. about, do you know what I mean? So it's it's yes, about Thomas's just... phone is just gonna go over and cancel that right now. <laughs> yeah. Go on. No, it's not. That's your phone. Oh, my phone. Okay, it's my phone. Oh, it'll, it'll stop in a second. But um, but and it's it's about trying to just be there as much as you can. And then again, as we go back to what we said before, is showing them that it's okay to yeah, it's okay to want stuff. Yeah, do you know I mean? But you've got to earn it. And the other thing, as I always say, is it's one of the things I've always believed, and I to Susan's my wife's detriment, she hates me saying it. Is you were like that, and I said, yeah, and I want my son to be better. Mm. oh well that's what you do yeah and I want my son to be better yeah. uh, I want my son and my daughter to exceed anything that I achieve in life and do it bigger and do it better Yeah. and if they don't but they're happy that's cool they mightn't be driven uh, or a driven like me could be like their mum uh, not as driven uh, again it's not a bad thing but I want them to never have to worry about money as in to the point where am I going to lose my company? Am I going to lose my house? Yeah. Uh, am I going to eat or pay rent? That type of stuff. Never want that to happen to them. I want them to grow up understanding that that can happen. And how I teach that is by teaching them to be very uncomfortable in situations. Yeah. Uh, or but not in the financial world. So they understand hard times, but they won't have to understand financial hard times. Yeah. And I think that's... For me, that's just one of my big things. And I've said this so many times, like there's a lot of fear that I have when it comes to my kids. Like what people don't know, and Susan kind of finds that she goes, oh, you're so cute when I do it, is when Jody goes out to play with his friends, I get so anxious. Right. He mightn't be liked. Now he goes out to play with them all the time. Um, but I know there's been like there's been where he's had a fight with another kid and, and like I the first thing I want to do is go out and get that kid pick him up by his throat and slam him to the ground and go what story and then obviously a second later I go well you can't do that but that's just my father protector instinct yeah. and people that say they don't have that as like you everyone has it moms have it. I think women have it more than dads because the the mama bear syndrome protector yeah um. But I get very anxious when he has to do something new and kids can pick up on it. So I try my very, very best to, and if he does come in and kids have not played with him or he, like the other day he went out and he came back in five minutes and I said, hey, what's up? What happened? Do y'all go in? He goes, no, I'm just bored. I want to come in. They weren't really doing anything. I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's mm. cool. Hmm. Um, but that's what happened. But yeah. like, obviously I'm like, I want to make sure my son's okay. At the yeah. same time, that can be, I can see where that could be a hindrance to kids and actually a, a crutch and bubble wrapping holi- uh, helicopter parenting. Yeah. If you're constantly, if you're not willing to let them have a friend uh, sneak off in them or uh, pick a fight with friends, like we, yeah. we had friends that we we call, we wouldn't call for stuff like that or be playing with someone, we see someone else go play with them. It's not a nice thing to do, but it happens yeah. and that's life. And they all have to go through it. And you can't, if you try and protect your kid from it, they're only going to find the, the world a fucking worse place. Yeah. Because 
they have to learn these things as kids because it's human nature. Well, exactly. Do you know what I mean? Again, like the the friends we say grew up with initially. Do you know what I mean? Uh, again, do we do we see them all the time? No. no. Do you know what I mean? Um, again, like we're we're mates now. I think it's about 25, 26 years now. Yeah. Almost thirty. But again, do you mean where we we knew each other in primary school? Mm. We didn't hang around each other then. No. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So. Again, it's it's those type of things. I, I have I had that fear when both my kids went to went to school. Yes. Of, oh shit, they're in they're in they're in a proper school. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They're in what would be that's called reception and year three in England, but it, it's the equivalent of uh, junior infants and first yeah. class. And when they made that transition from being in a nursery or a creche to actually going out and them, this is this is real shit. Now I was like, oh, Thomas is funny. He's cool. Mm. I think that. Is are them ten kids going to think yeah. that? And they're like, oh no, we're here. We got the same with Layla as well. When she again made the transition from the junior part now going to the slightly senior elements of it, and you're like, okay, she's had friends for a little bit. What's going to change here? Yeah, because she's she's the youngest in her class, like mm. the dead youngest in her class. Like all her kids, she's seven and she turned turn seven in August. Like all her friends are eight, and that's a mean? huge maturity. Yeah, age as well. The switch. Yeah. yeah, and Layla does have like some really, really nice naivety and innocence yeah. about her. But she's also on, on the transition of getting close to her friends that yeah. haven't that there's a whether it's like they're starting to like uh, certain types of music now and maybe a a, a kids program changes, mm. do you know what I mean? Whereas Layla might watch still a, a program that's defined as oh that's a bit too baby like, do you yeah. know what I mean? So it's those things where you think what's she saying in school, what's she doing, is she still getting involved with mm. it, and people still liking her the way she is and Again, same Thomas. I was I'm, ter- I'm terrified of that. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Because even when I go and do new things, do you know what I mean I'm scared when I still do that at 39 yeah. years old? I now have the skill set to do obviously to to not care as much if yeah. it doesn't happen. Do you know what I mean? Um, or do you know what I mean to go? Well, I'm never going to see them again. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah. it's that element of it. But like I I joined the drama group uh, a few few years back. Do you know what I mean? Hadn't done that for ages. I was thinking, all right, here we go. Mm. Do you know what I mean? There's clicks. There's, there's clicks as you get older. There's always, and it's, yeah. it's, that's the thing. Yeah. If you hit the nail head. It's always going to be this. Always going to be around. Yeah. Uh, in school, I think you end up with a lot of friends, but they're just it's association friends. Mm. It's not true long term friends, and then you have true long term friends. Mm. But yeah, it's it's uh, like Susan was only saying you today. Like uh, her son Jody's turned six, and he's now a kind of officially out of being a little boy yeah he's now going towards the other aspect and that's kind of because and what comes with that is a whole new interaction with him that is cool and awesome but then the other stuff we lose because he's getting older uh the cuddles and stuff like that like i got i got totally brushed off uh the the christmas week bringing jody to school and we're listening to we're like we like I stick on music and like stick on crazy music and he loves it. And well, he used to love it. And we're getting out of the car and I'm like bopping away still. And he's like, stop. And I was like, what do you mean stop? And he goes, stop. I said, am I embarrassing you? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, well, firstly, he gave me a red flag. So I was like, yeah, now I'm going to double down. Yeah. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a dad and that's what dads do. That's what, that's what we're made So for. we, 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 I annoyed him all the way into class. And then when I was like, he, I, what I noticed is he doesn't hug as much as he used to yeah going into school and he doesn't say like i'll say i have to say i love you yeah and then he'll go yeah 
<laughs> go, yes. I love you. I go, I love you. Because uh, uh, obviously that's more, again, me being a dad and trying to embarrass my yeah. son. Um, but uh, noticing that. But then I noticed the other things that are coming because he's a little bit more uh, mature and he's doing things that he wants to try new things. And I love that about him. Whereas when he was younger, he wouldn't. Yeah. So, like, it's again. The conversations it's, change as well. Oh, yeah. They're so much fun. Do you know what I mean? Like, again, like Thomas, Thomas is four and his conversation, uh, like, he, and he's just funny. He's just ridiculous. Liam. But again, from when he was in nursery to now when he's in the. Uh, interacting with slightly older kids and it's, yeah. it, it, and the teachers are obviously very different as well the conversation gets different and it's it becomes and then Layla is seven going on 17 at the moment you're like oh, gee, here we go yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't need this yet do you know what I mean so and you're like it's it's amazing but I do very like again I still get a few of the cuddles and that like again uh when they come around to mine and stuff like that it's, it's a very different dynamic obviously to what you have but like yeah but there is an element of that now where well, I'm not giving you a cuddle. Yeah. What do you, what do you mean? Okay. No, I'm not saying I love you. Leave me alone. <laughs> I mean, that's weird. And it's it's that. Like, whereas, do I remember, I, I brought Thomas in for his first day. Yeah. I've never seen a child run away from a parent. That's what yeah. Do, do you know what I mean? Just to get in somewhere. Like, you're like, see it. Okay, right, he's gone. But I think all, all that kind of nervous, it's all, it's always, it's always the parent. It's always the parent's yeah. feelings that the kid feels that. But 90% times, more than likely not yeah and if the kid does feel it it's because the parent the kid's just mirroring what the, the parent's doing yeah <clears throat> because if you're anxious the kid can pick up on that and that's uh, that's a normal thing yeah yeah uh, and that's it no it's it's definitely true do you know what i mean but hey that's what, that's what we live for isn't it that's it um so we're gonna wrap it up i'm gonna finish off with my new favorite question yeah Go on. what is your biggest fear in life now, it can be work-related, it can be family-related, it obviously can't just be like, I like scary clowns and all that. It's not like what you're afraid of. No, but, um, spiders or anything like that. what would be, like, what would be your biggest fear? Um, I've never, I've discussed this with you briefly before. Um, so, I won't go into too much detail of it, but I'm, I'm now from, like, I'm, I'm separated from the, the kids' mum. Yeah. Uh, I have a fear and a big fear oh, and it's my fear of my kids not wanting to be around me as much yeah uh, now I'm not naive to think that when they get older that's that would have happened and anyway but uh, it, it becomes a different a different dynamic when new people come into lives yes. and stuff like that so um, and I'll, I'll point out like as well that like me and their mum very civil great mm. relationship kids get looked after they're the priority but my downright fear is that element of them wanting nothing to do with me. Mm. Um, and which is why I do all the things I do with my kids. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? To make sure they're, they're safe, they're happy, they're having fun. Uh, they get some things that they're allowed to have. They don't get the other things. That yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? So, You're a parent. That's yeah. amazing, yeah. And so that for me would be would, would be that element of, as a parent, yeah, that, that would be my biggest one. Yeah, no, that's a good one. That's a good answer. Like it's a, I say that as a, a lot of dads. I'm sure some mums that aren't have don't have their kids, but it's predominantly dads that wouldn't have their kids permanently. Yeah, is um that would be the big fear and yeah, like your kids when to become teenagers will probably want nothing to do with you unless you're giving them money or bring them somewhere <laughs> eventually because that's teenagers. They're just a disaster. Yeah. Um, but uh. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's a it's a good it's, one. It's, it's, yeah, it is. It's a, it's, it's 
And I know they're not, do you know what I mean? I know, again, I know I've got a good enough relationship with, with the kids and their mum yeah. to be able to know that that's not going to happen. I don't feel like I'm going to be replaced, but mm. it's still in the back of the head. It's still down there, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm thinking. Um, and again, it, it fuels me more to be a better dad. Do yeah. you know what I mean? To be there, to do the better things, to make the mistakes. Oh, you know, I've done that wrong. Do you know what I mean? I've got to make sure I don't do that again. Yeah. Um, so... Again, it's about what we spoke about at the start of trying to turn a negative into a positive. Mm. Again, a very cliched thing, but it is very true in the sense that it will fuel me to be a better dad. Do you know what I mean? All the yep. way through. And there's a, again, a saying that I, I, I talk about, like which I want to do more of with my kids, and I try and do it more of this. Like, so every every moment has a, the potential to become a memory. Yeah. I want to make as many memories with my kids as I possibly can. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So the more memories I make with them, the more they'll have. Yeah. So it's it's that element of kind of going right. If I do, if I continue to do those things, that fear shouldn't come to fruition. Yeah. yeah. And that and that's and that's the thing. Like I want my son to be able, a daughter to be able to come to me whenever they need to. Um. But my job is to be a parent. At the the end of the day, it is to raise them so they can be self sufficient. And but then I also want them to be like. I want like I want to be their biggest hero. Mm. I want to be on oh, my dad. Or if they need anything or need advice, not need anything, but if they need advice, I'm going to go to my dad. Mm. Or you need to go talk to my dad because he, he'll be able to help, help you out. Yeah. That's, that's where I wanted to be. And then it's like that. Uh, yeah, that, that's kind of where I'd like it to be, to be honest. But I'll, I'll leave you with this. And this is a complete joke and it's kind of off topic, but I thought it was very funny. So I'm going to say it. Uh, hopefully I get it right. Okay, so I, I seen this. Uh, I, me and Susan, we we literally broke down laughing. This is hilarious. So here, it's a little thought. When you die, yeah. you're dead. Now bear with me, right? So yeah. when you die, you're dead. Yeah. You've no idea what's going on. Yeah. Because you're dead. Everyone around knows it. Hmm. That's the same thing if you're stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to leave you with that, oh, ladies and gentlemen. Absolutely. I'm going to leave it with that. I'm going to take it. I'm going to say it's mine. It's not. Uh, guys, if you like the show again, like and subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel and Podbean, Spotify. Uh, obviously, leave a, a positive comment. Uh, or if you have a funny joke, leave it. I don't know. I might even throw it out there in the next one. Get another dad joke in there. <laughs> dad jokes everywhere. Um, so, yeah, guys, thank you for tuning in. And we will see you all on the next one. You're listening to the Live, Live, Play podcast.